0: Welcome to the Confidence Crash Course, the podcast that will help you cultivate and capture your unique version of confidence. With a mix of tough love lessons and real life stories, each episode has some laughs, inspiration, and actionable tips that you can start implementing in your life right away. Get ready for a half hour of cultivating your inner strength and capturing the confidence that you deserve. The Confidence Crash Course is now in session. Hello, Confidence Crash Crushers, holy shit, we're back again, and I am already just sweating for how excited I am for this episode because we're getting into the deep. I promised real and I promised deep, and here it is. Today's episode features Jade Johnson. She is mine and your future money mentor. I literally refer to her, to everybody, as my money girl. She helps you become the rich bitch that you were meant to be and the most amazing vibes. Say hi to the pod, Jade. Oh my God, what a good welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I am
1: really, really excited to be here and to talk about all of this juicy, deep and fun filtered stuff, like you were saying. Let's go, I'm ready.
0: Oh, my gosh, I went on Jade's podcast, the J.J. Experience, and we were talking pretty much all things confidence. And we got into a really interesting conversation that I'm excited to dive deep into. And I was just telling Jade as right before we, you know, hit record because we had to Kiki a little bit before hitting record, duh. And I was like, this is a conversation that I've been wanting to have, but I just didn't have the right person to kind of bounce back and forth with. And since you're all, you were just already such like a real bitch that I knew that you coming on, you were, you were going to be excited for this. So today we are talking about Crossroads, not the Britney Spears movie, even though that was iconic, (laughs) Uh, like uh, just a little, what is it? What's the song that she sings? I love rock and roll. Just a little, Uh, but we're not talking about Crossroads. We're talking literal life Crossroads because as we were getting into Jade, like we were on Jade's podcast. And she started telling me her crossword sto- her crossroad cross road story, and I said, I need more of this. So, Jade, I'm pretty much just going to turn it over to you, and I want to know how you arrived at this crossroad in your life.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, what she's talking about right now, this, like, this humongous crossroad, which it truly was and still is, because I'm still, like, dealing through like Absolutely. going through stuff with it. But it was actually like a turning point where I had to make a decision on whether or not I wanted to commission into the army as a second lieutenant. And that was going to be an eight year long commitment. And i had already been working, like doing JROPC, ROTC in college for eight years. So it was definitely something that was like on my path that I mm-hmm. thought I wanted. And like at one point I did. And it was just me having to make a decision on what I really wanted my life to look like. And I ultimately decided that I did not want to actually commission yeah. into the army. And while it was hard to come to that decision, there was like so many things that went into it. Mm-hmm. It was the right choice, like for sure. And I feel really good about it. And it makes me feel like a stronger person to have been able to do that because I think that the normal thing, the typical thing, the safe thing would uh, have definitely been to absolutely commission. Like, what the fuck? You've already done everything for it. And if you don't, you could have a heaps like amount of debt. So,
0: (sighs) oh, yeah. And again, that's our money girl. That's like heavy. That's poignant. It was so heavy. I would love to hear more about kind of the process. So, my relate, I mean, my kind of reflection on this is you know, eight years of undergrad, grad school. I did all of that. Got got into the forensics field. Fucking hated it. Mine wasn't a choice. I got fired. But I think that because you had a choice, that's why it's just so much more poignant to the confidence crash crushers. So walk me through kind of where were you at exactly? So tell me, how old were you? What was the family situation? Just like kind of give us like where you were in that moment. Yeah. So
1: for more context, I was, I got pregnant when I was 23, maybe 22. Yeah, 22. And I was going to be graduating like that upcoming year in December. Wow. So yeah, I was like all throughout my senior year of college, I was pregnant. and. Wow. Yeah, so I had already done everything for ROTC. And basically for ROTC for you to commission, you have to pretty much do everything your junior year. So like the summer camp, the trainings, everything. So I already did that and then I got pregnant. So realistically, like I like I still finished out my last year. Like it was very easy for me. Didn't have to do that much. And then I was still gonna be able to commission. But because I was pregnant, I wasn't able to commission. And then they were like, okay, you'll have a late commissioning. And I was like, okay, like whatever. I was still kind of like going through with it. And I hadn't really gotten to this crossroad yet. You know, it was just like, that was the situation. I was kind of like, late commission, whatever, it's fine. I'll just do it a few months after she is born. And then I'll have Mm -hmm. a few months until I get sent to Bullock, which is like another very long training. That one is, I think, closer to a year. But Yeah. Or maybe it wasn't a year now, honestly. It's been like a while. Maybe that was only like five months.
0: <laughs> but still, um, that's five months away from your child, your newborn. Five months yeah. away at, tw- what, 23? Yeah. That's a long and time.
1: They were saying that Bullock could be pushed off to like up to a year. And especially for the finance form, which is what I had branched into. They were like, oh, that mm-hmm. takes a while sometimes to get going. So it's okay. Like she'll probably be over one years old by the time you have to go. And I still just didn't like that. I just, mm. So I think that was like the first thing I like started popping into my head. I'm like, man, like it really is going to be so annoying, like leaving my family to go on these trips because I was going into the reserves. So it was only going to be one weekend a month, two weeks out of the year. Supposedly, that's what you're. That's what like is supposed to be. But I also know a lot of people who get called in a lot more. Yeah, for a lot more trainings. And since you don't have any control. You would not, I wouldn't know that. So right. yes, they're like, yeah, Jade, it's only one weekend out of the year or one weekend out of the month, two weeks out of the year. I can't guarantee that. And just because I do know people who have been in the reserves, like I just didn't trust it. So I was kind of like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where I was kind of like starting to question things. And mm. then they told me there was like a situation, they sold the higher ups, like the situation. And then they said that I actually had to redo my summer camp. Because I didn't commission when I was supposed to, the credit that I had for it would no longer count. So I had to redo it. And that would be a three month long training. And that was going to be when Mila was the baby. It was going to be when she was like three months old. So I was like, I literally am planning to breastfeed. That's really important for me. Like, how can I do this? I can't. And they were like, okay, like, we're going to try and get this appealed for you. And they were trying. And that's kind of where it was when I was actually like, okay, no, I'm just going to back out. Because Mm. this is the time when I do. And there was also some other issues as well. Like they wanted everybody in the army to get a COVID vaccine. I did not want to get my COVID vaccine. And I knew I would not be getting Mm. that. I know everybody has a different opinion about that. But for me, I'm just not going to. So I knew that was going to be an issue. Because I was like, I don't know if I can get a religious exemption. I don't know how this will work. So it honestly basically was like, this is my one time to get out. This is the only time I have. I can't Mm -hmm. get out after this. If I break my contract, like you just can't. So I'm like, this is my one time to get out and possibly have a fighting chance to appeal it and not be put in $200,000 worth of debt. Because here's why my logic behind it was that like, I had already went to summer camp and gotten that credit. So they shouldn't be making me do another training when I have a baby. And then also the point about the COVID vaccine, my, one of the advisors who worked there, who was like actually really advocating for me and fighting for me, he's like the admin guy. And he was saying that, he asked me, he said, did you get the COVID vaccine? I said, no. And he's like, that's actually good for us because now, you know, you're, it's mandatory, but since you were pregnant and like you're breastfeeding and everything, like you have a good reason on why you can't. So you would be discharged anyway. Mm. So if that gets approved, like I'm literally in the appeal process of it now and I'm still at the very beginning stages. So yeah, I really have no idea. But I definitely could get out without having to pay back any debt, which that is the goal. That's what I'm manifesting. And I'm like, yes. I, I know that's gonna happen. Because honestly, things always work out for me in my life. Just mm-hmm. Pretty much always has. Yeah, I go through some tough shit. But at the end, like, I've always gotten everything I've wanted. And I've always been like,
0: up here. That's so because it's, you're I'm a badass bitch. And that's your badass bitch mindset. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: I know it is. It is definitely all mindset. To (sighs) choose to overcome things and to choose Mm -hmm. to always be rising. It's definitely a mindset that's different. But if you can get to that place, I think that is so helpful for your confidence, for Mm. for literally everything, your actions. It's so powerful.
0: But I would love to actually dive deeper into kind of, so it seems to me, like from the outside looking in, it sounds like you did ROTC, then it was logical to go to the next step and then boom. Baby. So, my question for you: do you think that this crossroads was amplified, or do you think you would have already been there with or without the blessing of your, you know, like the timing of a child?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. I think that it definitely amplified it. I was already not wanting to really proceed with it. Like, the further along I got with RMPC, and honestly, this could have just been because my college. I, I didn't really feel close to anybody within my ROTC group, and mm-hmm. it was really unfortunate because when I did JROTC, like those people were my family. That's in high school, right? Like, yes, and so that's and that's one of the sh- most important big aspects to the army is the the loyalty, oh, the camaraderie, yeah. the family, and everything. So when I wasn't feeling like I had that, and I was also feeling like very alienated, it was like very like hard, hardcore bullying with them. Like it was a very small group of us, and for yeah. some reason. I just could not get in with them. And like, it was whatever. I think it was always, always had some things against me because I had to work a lot. And I also, I went to UM, which is if you're familiar. It's the University of Miami. And yeah. this is a very expensive school. So pretty much all of the kids that go there are like little rich bitches. Yeah. And not, not, in a, not in a good way. Like not the ones we like, like the very right. preppy, snooty, snobby ones. Mm. So they could all afford to solely go to college. And that was it. And like, I had to work. A lot because like I, you know, I supported myself. Like I have an apartment, I have dogs and cats and Mm -hmm. her babies to feed and everything. I had to work. And a lot of times, like I wasn't able to go to things where like sometimes I've always been in the restaurant industry. I wouldn't get out until 2am and I didn't Mm. wake up for my 5am PT. And yeah, I know that's, that's not great, but I feel like I kind of had a little bit of a valid excuse, but Mm -hmm. they didn't see it like that, you know? So they immediately just saw me as like a douchebag. And they're like, this girl sucks. So that's pretty much what it was. And I totally understand that mindset because when you are doing something as elite as the military, you only want like the top people in. So it's like, I get where they were coming from being like, okay, like this girl isn't good enough. But I also feel like I would have been if I would have had the opportunity to solely just focus
0: on college. Wow. So once the decision was made, once you decided I'm not going, I know you're still dealing with a actual logistical part of it but talk to me about the mindset around it were there worries where there was it only blue skies and like happiness what was it like it was a
1: really it was a super hard decision honestly I pretty much spent like weeks I would say just like literally worrying and trying to look up more of the appeal process to see how confident I felt in winning the fee because two hundred thousand dollars of debt is a lot
0: yeah, so that's my like, chump change. Like, that's, 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 not, not...
1: that's something to consider. Yeah. And, you know, there's also, there was also like the outside influences as well. So, like, other mm. people's opinions and like my boyfriend and my parents. And they were supportive of me because my mom is always, is also like very confident in me as well. Mm. So, She's, she was like whenever she senses that I'm confident and I'm going to do something she kind of distrusts that and she I was like, that. okay if that's what you think then so yeah that's been really that was really good my boyfriend Wes he's definitely more logical and like rational and stuff so he's kind of like I mean babe I think that you should just do it it's one weekend a month two weeks in the year it's not that much like you're already really good at it and but, like, so I was paper. like it yeah. makes sense.
0: I, I, remember, I like, It you, yeah.
1: literally makes sense. Like I'd be making money from it. It would have, I would have been in the finance core which is similar to what I already do on the outside, it all lined up. Like honestly, really, it really just didn't feel like that was the person that I was meant to be. And I know mm. that like you and I are both like, we're hippie and everything. And I'm, yes. I'm sure that your listeners will get this. Yes. And like the people, if you don't get it, like, I'm sorry for you. That's okay. Whatever. But I really like weed. I really like marijuana. And I think that it makes me a much better person, like truly a much more patient person, a much less anxious person. Like I'm such a bitch. I do not smoke. Do not (laughs) talk to me. (laughs) I have smoked. it's, It's not great, but like it is what it is. And I know that about myself. And I would rather consume marijuana than consume like Xanax or a pill. Like I am not doing that. So I, that was honestly another really big factor. That, like her, But once that becomes so, a career, once that becomes different. a career, it's different. So I was like, I don't know how mm. how I can make this work, and that was pretty much like a, a big thing for me too because I was like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, like eight years of this—that's a long time. And even though I would, I wouldn't be doing it because you don't know when they're going to call you in to randomly test or something like that. So it's yeah. just like totally. No, so, and your story um,
0: reminds me so much of, it was my s- second year of, of grad school. So I did master's for forensic science and I wanted to, d- I was like, I want to solve crimes and look at dead bodies all day. And a couple opportunities would come up for us a lot. My school, the, the school that I went to had a connection with the DOJ, the Department of Justice. And so we had, we got priority for when they opened up what are they call Applications for the secret service. So I applied for the secret service at 24, which is the youngest. I applied like the month after my 24th birthday. And I mm-hmm. got an interview. I was like, holy shit, you want me? Okay. I guess I'm good on paper. So I show up for this interview, ready to kick it out of the park. I know that if like you can talk to me, you'll know that I'm a determined bitch. Yeah. Don't, mm-hmm. if you tell me no or I can't, I will. You know, I was like, I feel like they would get a sense of me, but I, um, I walked out of that interview thinking, do I even want to do this? Because they mm-hmm. were telling me about signing away pretty much the rest of my life to protect and put other people ahead of me. And they were like, let's be honest, like you're never going to have a family. I don't know if they were trying to scare a 24-year-old girl out mm-hmm. of being coming. I was like, okay, like you're never going to have a day off and you're going to work weekends and you're going to work holidays. And I was just like, I really walked away with, okay, definitely don't want that job, but do I want a job like this? And mm-hmm. it just, it's so true. Like you are devoting your entire life to this and you can't say no when they they say come. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so we, this is what got brought up. We started talking about ego death and that is what I would love to get into. So confidence crash crushers, ego death. We're going to give you, a, I'm going to give you a little de- definition. So an ego death is essentially when your sense of self literally pulls a disappearing act. Bye bye. And you're just like, wait, who am I? I feel like we've all had this at some point. And if you haven't, it's coming that moment of who am I? What purpose do I serve? What is my path in life? It's honestly that time in your life where it's like a roller coaster and like sometimes you feel this sense of peace because you're learning things about yourself and you're realizing, oh, I, I don't like that. I don't want to do or like for me, routine, like stark routines do not work for me. Being told I have to wear the same outfit every day does not work for me. Being told that I can't go home to my family on a minute's notice. That's like these things don't work for me anymore. So I'm feeling sense of peace with that. But at the same time, It is that overwhelming sense of fear and anxiety of the unknown. And that I think is probably what is always the down point. And when you're making these big decisions at these crossroads, essentially. So to wrap it up, the ego death is that chance. It's a chance to take a step back and question everything, question your whole existence. And I, I laughed. It's like a cosmic slap in the face to get your shit together. So it's funny because some people take drugs, they go, they go on mushrooms and they go to whatever, and they have an ego death and they're like, "Woo!" some people meditate their way to it. But I think like for us, it mostly comes for the realistic, normal people at a crossroads. Does this feel true to you? Does that feel true at the time? No, definitely. I was really thinking, you know, who uh, who am
1: I? Who do I want to be? And like, how is this, how is this even going to be possible for me? if I do end up with $200,000 worth of debt. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I was really fortunate. I feel like to, at the time, I really was putting myself in the right rooms. We've always had like mentorship, Mm -hmm. like since I got into the online space and everything. And I could just hear these like words from one of like my favorite like mentors. And she always just says like, why not me? Or what if everything does work out? What if everything actually does work out? The way that you want, and even better. And I was just thinking that, you know, like I'm planning to be very wealthy and have multiple businesses. So for me to bring in fifty to one hundred thousand in a month is not—that's not—that doesn't sound crazy to me. I know a lot of people probably listening are like, "You're insane." Then you but need like to talk me, to Jade if you're thinking you're insane. By
0: the way, you need yeah, to talk to Jade. Anyways, <laughs> for sure. So that's just
1: kind of me. Like I, I just have this feeling and this knowing that I will be making that at some point, and then when that happens, I can pay off my debt in four months. I don't know. So that's Absolutely. actually honestly how I made the decision. There was really no other factor besides the trusting of myself that I'll figure it out and that mm-hmm. I'm going to be really wealthy and the money flows to me anyway and loves me. So
0: it money the, the flows stuff. to me. Money loves me. Yeah, All these things. I, it's so interesting to me. I, I used to joke that I can't be friends with you unless you've had your ego death because I'm like, you need to take that. I feel like it's the next step into not even adulthood, it's just like humanhood. It's that yeah. first step. I mean, I feel like you'll agree with me on this. Like, when we're younger, we have all of these influences from the that are external telling us, like, oh, you're really good at this, maybe you should do a career. Like, you're good at math, be an accountant, you know, oh, you're. You are good at typing things. You should be a writer. You love reading. Now you're an author. You kind of get these people tell you you're good at this, so do that. You enjoy this thing. Make it your entire personality. What you're gonna? They we ask eighteen year olds what their career path is and expect them to pick one and go with it. Yeah. And it's I feel like we always have these. It's like that sneaking suspicion. Like honestly, listeners if you have a sneaking like a little gut feeling that what you're doing isn't absolutely aligned, this isn't always work, by the way, this is who you're dating. This is familial connections. This is hobbies. This is I mean, shit, you could have an ego death, shave your head and decide like you're completely different. Like I'm now this person, you can decide anything. It's just, I feel like the ego death on the other end of it, you really hone in on who you are. There's a reason why it's called ego death. You let go of all of these shoulds, all of these, like, ec- I would say, like, the labels. So I'm sure for you, how different was it suddenly not being like, I thought I was going to commission? I thought I was going to be, I don't know if it's an office, you know, like, I was going to be in, yeah. that was going to be my path. Like, I was going to be a forensic scientist till the day I fucking died. And I'm yeah. now, two like three years out of graduating and I'm like nope not even no don't even put me there yeah. so does that ring true does it is, it is it weird is it different sometimes I still find it different sometimes
1: yeah. it definitely is weird when I think about it when I think about myself in high school because I actually applied to go to West Point I don't know if you know what that is but it's like the number one military academy in America so I applied to go there like that's where my head was Like I was, and I was going to be an officer. So I was planning to go full-time and commission as an officer. And my life was going to be fucking hoo-ha. And that was it. That's actually what I thought. And I honestly do think it was my mushroom experience. I had a few of those that really did enlighten me as to get in in tune more with like my spirituality and and feelings Mm. and just realizing that it doesn't always matter about your 3d and everything going on. So I I think I did start having more awakenings Mm -hmm. while I was in college because that's when I started experimenting with mushrooms. And that's when I started thinking like, okay, maybe it's not for me. So Mm -hmm. I I feel like when I decided to actually make the shift, it was already coming. It had already been in the works and brewing and I was slowly getting away from that, that other version that I wanted to be. And I also had found like, like the online space and like online Mm -hmm.
0: coaching and like social media marketing and stuff you like that. You found your people. I that. feel like at the right time.
1: Yeah. So I definitely it wasn't like a super abrupt thing. It definitely felt of okay. I've been you know needing to make this decision. And now it's here. What am I going to do?
0: Yeah.
1: And that's See, that's really what it was. My decision
0: was made for me. Thank God. I say all the time that I would have never ever left. The I would have never left the forensic field if I wasn't literally forced out, if they were saying bye, because it was so ingrained into who I was as a person. I was always the smart girl with a really cool job. Like I love telling people. I have a master's in forensics and I'm a forensic DNA analyst. They'd be like, "Ah, (laughs) tell me more. And I loved that. That was the ego part of it. But then when the door closed and I was in the lab by myself with no windows for ten hours a day, hating my life, crying, breaking down on the lab floor of how much I hated it and how isolated I feel. It's just it's truly putting yourself first for a moment and saying, I'm not gonna think about myself in the next six months, and like people will get over it. Everybody will like it, the the news will move on, and then what's left over is just me. I'm I found who I really was supposed to be. Mine was marijuana. I haven't dabbled into mushrooms yet. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm about there, about there. I wish you um, could do it together. A girl. I will fly to you, and we will. <laughs> But no, like no. mine was mar- mine was weed. Mine like I finally I experimented for the first time at twenty five. I know I like I know I'm like cause of forensics. I was like no, no drugs are no. bad. No. Just say no to drugs. And I finally like let loose a little. I was like you know what this is something that's supposed to help you be self aware. I'm already I think self aware. Guys, you don't know self aware until you're just like out of your mind. <laughs> you're like is anything? Oh my God, my really mind. <laughs> ah! yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I it's so interesting to me. I love that our stories like they mirror each other and they have parallels. But it was like I needed to know what it's like to kind of have it coming. And I'm just so happy that, you know, you were able to you're just that you're open and you were feeling comfortable enough to come on here and, you know, dish it all out. I would love to wrap us up when just roll out the red carpet for you. Cause you just, I'm just like, I feel like we just did therapy and now I, you just deserve to tell us all the good things that you're doing. Oh,
1: I feel good. This is exactly what I needed for today. So <laughs> I'm so glad we did this, but okay. Yes. Everyone can follow me at Justin Johnson on Instagram. And then I also have a TikTok and YouTube, which is the JJ experience show. That's also what my podcast is called as well on Spotify. If you want to listen to that, the JJ experience show, I only have a few episodes right now, but I'm really going to be focusing on that next month. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I definitely want to have you on again. What else do I have going on? If you guys want to learn about your money, I also run monthly workshops. So last month it was the ditch the debt for good workshop, which is amazing. This month I have the pretty penny paid studies, which is all about a really lucrative side hustle, which Mm. you can make hundreds a month just from sitting in your robe on your bed, eating chips, whatever I eat while I'm on them. I don't care. But it's just basically like market research for brands and companies, and that's that costs a lot of money. So that's why you can actually make a really good amount of money doing it. I tallied it up, and I made four hundred and ninety-two dollars last month. And I, mm-hmm. I tell you, I barely even applied for the studies. So I know that if I really took it seriously, like over a thousand for sure, which is like insane. Okay. Anyway, next month's workshop is going to be the rich mom workshop. So any mamas in the audience, like if you're if your sister. As a baby, your yes. aunt, whatever, like, it's for you. Um, uh, yeah, I'm
0: it. Guys, I'm telling you, everything Jade does, like, I trust her with my heart. She shows proof of what the fuck she's doing. I, if you want to go to the Pretty Paid Studies with me, mm-hmm. join me. I will be in there, too, because who doesn't want an easy side hustle like that? Are you kidding? Yeah. Like nothing gives me more confidence if you want to get a new wardrobe or you want to get botox or do whatever whatever the maintenance thing that you want for confidence i'm giving you a way to get some extra money for it right here oh my gosh seriously jade thank you so effing much for coming on here bearing your soul and just being fucking real and being a bad bitch That's a wrap for this sesh of the Confidence Crash Course. If you like what you heard today, share this episode with a friend who could use a confidence boost. If you haven't already liked, subscribed, rated or reviewed on whatever platform you're currently on, it'd be a lot cooler if you did. If you haven't gotten your fill of me yet, get a little more by following at Confidence Crash Course on all social platforms and join our community in the Confidence Crash Crusher Facebook group. Until the next session, stay confident and stay crashing.